There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Back in like the eighties, right? You know, MJ came in the studio. You know, little guest. <laughs> what what position is best for a who? Is that a what is that? Is that a cornerback? <laughs> it's not an offensive lineman. You know, it's not an offensive lineman. Would be like, oh, uh, oh, nah, oh, nah. Oh. Slot receiver. It, I would not be. I would corner. not be shocked if there was Jackie Slater. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Slater. I met Jackie Slater when I was a teenager, and that man's hand swallowed my body. I mean, when he sucked that man out there and shook my hand, I was like a little kid shaking dad's hand. It was unreal. I was like 19, 20. Uh, it was the uh, you know giant man just swallowed my hand up, and very nice and genuine. Love Jackie. Jackie Slater's a big human. What's up, everybody? Nope. It's your boy, 3K, Nobody Africa, underscore. Who? Adrian Peterson. Interesting. They're like price groups. But anyway, yeah, 3K, go ahead, do your thing. Never would have guessed, man. <laughs> I was just knocking out the intro. This is your boy 3K, at 3K underscore on Twitter. Joining me tonight, you just heard Adrian Peterson, hand size talk. You know what they say about a man with large hands. They say he's well known by Myson Adiosaur. That's Mighty Or Myson, M-I-G-H-T-Y-O-R-M-I-S-O-N-E. On Twitter, Myson, you're in an, you're in a – Interesting location. Why don't you let the listeners know where you're at tonight in Slavery you? South Padre, baby. South Padre. South Padre. Look at my this man is a world uh, a man of worldly knowledge, of worldly pursuits, especially <laughs> when those worldly pursuits involve women. Good for you, dog. July eleventh. This is true. Uh, this is true. It is. This is true. As it I'm, a, As it I'm a I'm a different type of hoe from Russell Wilson. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> More acceptable. Um, also joining us tonight, Joey's not going to be with us, which means rounding out the trio for tonight. Big Rob, Seattle Rams underscore NFL. Robert Fulham, what's up, Doc? Checking in from uh, Southeast King County. Yeah. Where, where of, are you uh, hoeing it up, Rob? <laughs> the foothills of Mount Rainier, you know, <laughs> up there with the, the deer and the elk. <laughs> what's up, gentlemen? Is that what they that out there? Cougars, deer and elk. Cougars, Cougars hey, no joke about the Cougars. We had, uh, about a month ago, we had a Cougar leap out of the woods on two mountain bikers and killed the man. Killed him dead. Oh, what man. The hell? She, yeah, yeah. she was thirsty. Thirst trap. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Myson. Those Cougars traveled to South Padre. It's time to get the hell up out of there. 
<laughs> no, I, I, was, I thought you were going to go the opposite. My son was like, I got to get up to Mount Rainier. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, it's something about, you know, those mountain lions that just turn me on. Like, I got to go see them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just scratch that itch. <laughs> no, like I, I don't want to mess with that. Obviously, I know. The big news of the day, obviously, that we need to or don't need to whatsoever touch on is something Mindson knows quite quite in depth. Mindson, what were your thoughts today <laughs> uh, as we close out the semifinals of the World Cup? It's going to be France against Croatia in the finals of the World Cup. What do you think? Man, I just – I thought Pele did such a great job. And, like, he took over – Pele. <laughs> <laughs> Pele. Oh, that's not who was playing. <laughs> uh, Pele, Pele, Pele for, for, played, played yesterday, right? Mbappe? Oh, the new Yeah, you know, Wonder Kid from France. I did put this out there I've on heard, the PSP. I've heard the name. Yeah, I know. Of course, yeah. The last time France won the World Cup, 1998. The following season, a year later, the Rams won the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, if hey. Rams pulls it off this year, 2019 Rams, it's that's how science works. That's how math works. Yeah, but I think, saying we should be rooting I, for France. <laughs> no, I think we're going to start the new thing. When Croatia wins the World Cup, the Rams follow suit by winning the Super Bowl. To be yeah, well, to be so, fair, every I single guess time. We don't hear there hasn't been a single time that Croatia's won the World Cup where the Rams haven't immediately won the Super Bowl. So, also, you know, science time, and math. The last time Croatia was in the semifinals, the Rams won the Super Bowl the next year. How's that? Also true. There you go. God, this is a lot of science. I feel like such a nerd. <laughs> I'm just learning. Like, I'm jotting down mental notes. <laughs> I said, you, I, For when anyone that has not figured it out yet, Myson does not watch the World Cup. Myson, you sure anyone asks you about Croatia or the World Cup, you just follow up with someone whose last name is, ends in itch. You know, itch. Joe Itch. <laughs> so it's an itch. Son of a, son of a you, bitch. That's how you, that's how you Adios, that's, bitch is Adios, a rich. Croatian. Yep. Adios, <laughs> I did think I thought uh, I thought my son might have watched the game today, and I didn't know if he would have come away with this. There was an obviously an obvious parallel to the Rams in the England Croatia game today with a speedster who stretches the field, but ultimately his production comes up lacking, much like Sammy Watkins. That was Raheem Sterling. It was obvious. It was obvious, eh? He's the Sammy Watkins. What about to say about that guy? Well, <laughs> haven't I seen him somewhere before? Could, uh, could could Luka Modric play play in the NFL? You think he he could go slot receiver maybe? Uh, no, you know what he is. He's a point. He's a point guard. He is silky smooth. He can play in the NBA. He can play in the NBA. He uh, and he gets stronger as the game goes on. That team yeah, yeah. that team has played three consecutive extra. I mean, they've played ninety minutes more than France has combined in the last few matches. The and, NFL uh, doesn't really do like gritty little guys. It's not a gritty little guy sport. There's lots of sports you, where gritty little guys. Oh, what do you call Wes Walker? Julian Edelman. Uh, Wes Walker, um, a short, uh, slow white guy that can catch a lot of passes. That's exactly uh, Luka Modric, right there. No, that's rude to Luka Modric. That's rude. <laughs> His yep. game will translate. I'm telling you. If not, he can he can uh, he can pick up GZ on the kick and do these too. Two positions. Hey. One. Hey. It's been there it's been go. a good fun World Cup. The, the interesting thing, obviously, and really didn't come into play in this round, was been the use of VAR, video assistance referee. I believe is what it actually stands for. But it's essentially just instant replay. 
TSP is own Eli Kim's favorite okay, part so, about I have favorite. heard about the whole yeah. uh, the video assistance thing. Yeah, it's, talk about it's, it because it's, it's like uh, it's taking over too many sports. And I don't think they like it too much over there. They're, they're, from what I hear, they're pretty pissed off about it in most countries other than America. well, it's, a, it's also so new. You've had a hundred years of soccer, and you're just now instituting this system that has the ability to completely change the course of the game. It's a little yeah. bit uncomfortable. I, I guess I guess that there's a, a similarity to the NFL there. It's what we're doing with a lot of the rules, what we're doing with the catch rule and the helmet rule and kickoffs and trying to tinker with the game to figure out ways to make it better. There hasn't been a ton of tinkering with the rules of soccer outside of the offsides rule instituted. And that was – when was offsides finally instituted? That was, what, 70, 78, I think, uh, World Cup? Maybe even after that. So well, you, you haven't – do what? No, go ahead. No, it's just one of those things where I, I can understand why it's so upsetting to so many fans because if you're 50, 60 years old, you dealt with a game that doesn't have rule changes as frequently as we do in our American sports, especially with football. Well, and the thing about the beautiful game is that, uh, you know, the referee has, has been the guy who controls it, and everything's up to – it's like, yeah. a, like Supreme Court. It's up to his interpretation. He can either go one way or the other way. You know, it's a foul. It's not a foul. There's no, no right or wrong. It's one man's interpretation. You know, they, they'll, really... they'll do points of emphasis, though, right? Because uh, this sure. this World Cup, they're they're not having ARs pull the uh, offside flag immediately. You know what? They're waiting, they're waiting, and then they're doing it after after the play if something goes is blown dead, right? They're not immediate. The flag's not immediately going up. Right, a lot of them. letting them play on. Yeah, so yeah. points of emphasis, emphasis uh, like the NFL does, but that's that's I think the purists get mad when you start bringing these you know hard lines in and, and tinkering with you know that part of the game. You know, yeah, video review and and when when they go to video when they don't go to video it's goal line technology is a thing now that they didn't have a couple of World Cups ago. I do wonder when we're going to get that. Are we but ever going to get goal really line technology? You guys think in the NFL where you know to know if the nose of the football touches the goal line? Do you ever think the NFL and American sports fans would accept that kind of? Thing? Well, they took the first step and they put the cameras in the cone in the in the pylons. Sure, right? on the pylons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Like, if you really think about it, the only sport that really has truly adopted to the the cameras and the replays and all this stuff and taken so much control of the game away from the referees is football. No other sport has really accepted it like that. You look at, for example, you look at the finals this past year with with uh, the the replay with LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Everyone flipped shit about that. It was like, oh man, just let the referee make the call, you know. And um, baseball, they hate it. <laughs> they hate it in baseball. Sure. They can't stand the fact that. That they can that the ref, uh, that they can now go back and review plays. They they think that it messes with the, the just kind of the lineage of the game. Like they just let it be what it has been this entire time. And and now we're seeing it with soccer. Like the fans, especially specifically in Europe, they hate it. You know, it's like let let them let the referees do their job. So football is kind of the uh, as it, as it is with everything. Football is the the odd man out. You know, they're kind of the the ones that's different in every retrospect <laughs> you know uh you hear people talk about the owners being the the ones that don't really learn from their mistakes and you know the players kind of been the ones that been the last of all the athletes to get the guaranteed contracts everything about the nfl is just different from everywhere else you know so i think i guess it makes sense that they accept the uh the videos and the cameras and the replay and all that stuff more than other sports but we'll see how, so one we'll thing see how it goes with soccer. Yeah. I, think, I think they'll change it the one thing that makes baseball a little bit easier to really implement something like replay is there's not a lot of judgment calls outside of calling balls and strikes, right? 
other than balls and strikes, right. either the ball either did go this way or didn't. It's not like a like interference or roughing the passer yeah. where it's where there's a, there's a gray area of interpretation. That's why I wonder, and the main reason I wonder about using something like goal line technology to decide, or even you know the ball where it goes out of bounds, right, um, is just the adherence to technology as the arbiter. It's one of those things like in tennis and in soccer where it's not even somebody looking at a replay. It's like computers telling you where the ball was, and you just have to accept the computer's outcome. That's one that I haven't really seen in American sports, and I do wonder if the NFL, like you said, Myson, NFL's been at the leading edge for instant replay for quite a long time. I do wonder if that's one area where they're going to be the American sports to really go the next mile and use that kind of technology where the referees are looking up along with the players and everybody in the stands waiting for the computer to tell us whether or not the ball was over. You know what? I even saw uh, HBO Real Sports did a, uh, a story uh, a few months back. Or it might have been six or seven months back on mm-hmm. computers calling balls and strikes in baseball. Why not? Uh, they have the technology. They put the camera in center field. It comes up. And then uh, they, were, they were testing it from our minor league. And all the home play umpire has to do is look to center field and it's either like a green X or red X, ball, strike, ball, strike. And uh, they, let, they let the computer call the game. Interesting. And that's the thing is, if we have the t- if if we wanted to do it, we could do it now. We have the sure. technology to do it. The only thing standing in the way is the fact that you know that that voice that I'm sure we all have in our heads, where you give computers and you give the Terminator the the right to decide what's going on in our lives. And it's just like, nah, man. I'd, I'd I'd much rather a human be wrong than the robot be right. Right? It's one of those kind of instincts, and I. Slowly, we've seen some other sports start to cross that line and let uh, what was it called? Uh, what was it? Oh, Skynet. They start letting Skynet, Skynet. control the way the games go. <laughs> we, we could let them have the keys if we wanted right now, but I think it's just one of those things where we're reticent to do it. I think for good reason. Well, and I think uh, part of part of the reason I, I think that leagues aren't really going full on. I mean, they're doing they're bringing things here and there, but they're not just going full on. Is because it keeps people talking about their sport. It makes you, it keeps you relevant. Sure. If there's, if there's controversy, it's free pub, right? It might not be great, but it's still free pub. Uh, we're still talking about did Des catch it five years later. I mean, it's just, that's something that is part of the game is the nuance. It's like, you know, there's no writer. It's, it's a gray area and some people are happy or some people aren't. I was joking with a buddy on Twitter who's a Seahawks fan earlier today. And he was talking about some of the great things he's seen as a Seahawk. And he mentioned the replacement reps getting the call right on the fail Mary. I mean, that's, you know, how many years later we're still talking about some of these things. And I think uh, that keeps those sports relevant. You're, you're still talking about it. You've talked about, you know, LeBron James and Kevin Durant and we're a month down the road. It's just, it's just something that kind of keeps your, your sport going. And speaking of something where now you talked about the idea of what controversy sells and publicity and what people are talking about. The NFL is approaching, but in L.A., we're not talking about the NFL. And the reason why is the man that you both just referenced. LeBron James is coming to the Lakers. It's not that I'm sad, and I'm not like anti-Lakers or anything like that. But this was going to be a season where the Rams could be sincerely relevant in L.A. sports media. And LeBron James showed up and said, nope, nope, no thanks. <laughs> what? But what is it going to take the Rams to do to Stevie take Stevie. the headline? Of- I know. You're right, Michael. What are you saying, Rob? What do the Rams have to do 
or achieve on the field in order to take front page headlines away from LeBron James on a consistent basis. Super Bowl? Get to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playoffs? once you get to the once you get to the playoffs, you can sell the immediacy of the playoffs over something like that. But you know, it's right. the Lakers. I mean, You've got all that history in LA. You're not. There's nothing they can do in the regular season that's going to supersede. The Rams are going to. If they win on Sunday, they'll have the Monday morning headline. But LeBron James is going to play three to four times a week. He's going to have the rest of the week, right? So uh, well, they might have. They might. They might have the Monday headlines in September, but once the Lakers season starts, starts, LeBron goes up. If LeBron goes off for 40, 45, I don't know that they're going to have the Monday headlines. LeBron has a triple double, scores 45, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the Rams beat the Seahawks, uh, you know, 42 14, yeah. and Goff has 100 yards. <laughs> you got to turn the page to find Goff because LeBron, is, yeah. he'll be on the front page of the, of the paper, not just the sports <laughs> section. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Rob, if, the, I didn't uh, know any better, if I didn't know you better, I think you'd be, uh, I think you're pretty uh, bothered by this. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, not, I actually don't watch basketball. I, since my team moved, I've just kind of, I haven't watched them. Well, I haven't watched I mean, the NBA that I have on the, uh, on the rims. No, no, it's, it's, I think it's like Joe brought it up. It's an interesting point because, you know, they were, the Rams have been, kind of on a little high. They kind of, you know, they, they had that surprise season last year where they kind of got the feel-good thing, and Joe and I both went down to the game, to the playoff game. It was an amazing atmosphere compared to some of the other games I've been to, been to yeah. down there. Uh, and it's like, all right. Then they have the great off season. You know, things are just rolling. They're just eating it up, eating it up. And like you said, one move the Lakers do, and uh, back back to where you belong, bitches, second page. <laughs> so so kind of like, so it was, it's, you know, it's reality. Lakers are a or one of the marquee teams in all the sports, not just their sport, all the sports. You know, they've earned that right. All the championships and the stuff they've done, Rams uh, have the way to go there. What did you think about LeBron to the late show, Mice? I mean, I've been saying this since January, so I'm, I'm not in the least bit uh, surprised at all. And it's kind of like I was saying, you know, on the last, on the last show, I do think that LeBron coming to the Lakers – Come October, that's the end of the Rams' wave. The Rams are going to have, you know, they they have to come out firing. They have to come out blazing really early on in the year because, you know, in October, the NBA season starts. At that point, it's going to be all LeBron James. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all you're going to hear about. And, and when the if the Rams if the Rams have if they falter at any point, no one's going to give a damn about them. So they really almost have to be perfect all season long to keep attention because <laughs> uh, LA is LA is as we all say, you know, you know, you have to win to keep their attention. Even when the Lakers begin to lose, you saw the stadium, you saw Staples just be, get empty. But at the end of the day, LA is a basketball town. They are all about their Lakers. They don't really give a damn when it comes to sports. They don't really give a damn about anything else. It's kind of like fair weather, you know, like when it's, uh, sure. when it's booming, they're there, but, if it's not booming and someone says something about the Rams or the Dodgers or something, no one really cares. Like you say something about the Lakers, if it, if they're not doing good and someone says something about the Lakers, even if they're not attending games because they're doing bad, they're going to be pissed. It is a basketball town. It, well, and you mentioned the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are, you know, there's clearly a step below Lakers in that town. That's Laker town. But Dodgers are right there. That's a historic yeah. team as well. And there are some big time Dodger fans and Dodgers yeah. are one and a half games out of first place. So the Rams might not even have headlines the season because if that team is in a pennant a pennant race uh you know they they could find themselves on the second page even week one yeah. september you, you mean so 
the boys the boys have some work to do, and uh, you got to you got to earn that respect. Uh, you know, they had a nice season. They need to start putting some of those you know together in, in a streak to kind of start chipping away at that 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 newspaper uh, ranking. You got a squad. It's gonna be an interesting year. You have a team you roll with? For what? Basketball? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, believe it or not, I am not a bandwagon fan. I've never been a team guy. Oh, here we go. Look at this disclaimer. Okay. So, here we start. (laughs) I need to explain 14 distinct facts. (laughs) I have to explain. I've always been a player guy because I, I grew I grew up a Jordan kid, you know, so I was sure, always I a player guy. I was never a team, you know. Okay. You know, so it's when one player – I was Jordan kid as a kid. I was obsessed with Jordan and, believe it or not, Larry Bird because my dad recorded, like, every game from the 80s. And so when I was born, I watched all those VHS tapes. <laughs> so I was obsessed with Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. But then, you know, those guys, of course, retired. Then it was Shaq. It was all about Shaq for me. Shaq and AI, those were my guys. And then um, after after those guys retired, I was kind of in limbo. Like, I was really on the LeBron wagon for the first three or four years. Then I was like, man, LeBron's kind of soft. And I hated that. <laughs> I was too used to killer, killer instinct, you know, those killers. And then this guy, Steph Curry in Davidson, I watched him kill Wisconsin. That's when I became a fan. And I've been riding a little since. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a root for the Warriors, but I'm a Steph Curry fan. But I, it's not that I'm a Warriors fan. It's not the bandwagon. Oh, I don't know. It seems like you follow you you follow Step the, on you follow him, money. You follow the Step money. Step on him, Rob. Are you following? Follow the money. But you know what? If you you would have watched basketball and you saw what he did in West, against Wisconsin, who's the number three ranked team, um, uh, number one in that in that I watched in that bracket. I, say, oh, I watch it. I watch. Oh I love college God. basketball. And I actually that was his top four year. I grew up a Lakers fan. You know, '80s with the with the Lake Show. Uh, you know, Magic, Michael Cooper. Uh, AC Green, uh, Kareem, uh, even Norm Nixon. I, mean, I, I love the Lakers, but I moved to Seattle '91, and uh, you know all my all my guys have started to retire, and I live here and uh, start watching this young kid named Gary Payton who just talked a ton of shit, and he had his had his homeboy Sean Kemp just put an exclamation point on everything. Uh, I quickly became a Seattle Sox fan, uh, and the thing someone asked me about that, you, know, you grew up in LA. How do you support so many Seattle teams and not your LA teams anymore? Why you just why just pick the Rams and not move you know to the Seahawks or whatever? Uh, Rams was my first love. That was it. But when you, when I moved here, internet wasn't a thing. You couldn't just get on the internet and follow any team you wanted. You couldn't get direct ticket, you know, Sunday ticket things like that. So if you wanted to follow a team that wasn't your market, you had to do you had to do work, and it just became harder and harder to follow Lakers. And it was easier to follow the local team, and they had this young two young superstars who were just electric and a lot of fun. And then I became a Mariners fan the same year because that kid named Griffey Jr. Uh, they were just they were just young, brash, hey. amazing people to watch. And I started switching my allegiances a little bit. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't. The Seahawks had guys like Dan McGuire and Kelly Stoffer, and uh, so they didn't pull me away from the Rams at all. But uh, I loved I loved the NBA. I went, I went to the you know finals when they played the Bulls. I went to Game Seven when they beat uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, Lakers. Great team growing up, but uh, you know I became a Sonics fan after I, I lived here and watched those young guys just run and gun under George Carl and uh, and just play with a lot of attitude and swagger. They were so much fun to watch, a lot of fun to watch. Fair enough, man. What about you, Good stuff. Yeah, 
Well, uh, Gomez, you might. You, here's the thing: you might be a Steph Curry <laughs> fan, and you might. You might. We suck. You might. You you might be a Steph Curry fan, and you may not be a Warriors fan. But if you're not anti Demarcus Cousins, if you ain't anti Boogie after this offseason, if that man shouldn't have one goddamn fan in the NBA, even as much, even even I'll go that far. Even Demarcus Cousins' mama should be like, damn son, damn what what son, oh oh buddy. Oh, my boy, why would you? I just don't understand. It's one of those things where you see people make decisions, and it's like, no, that's not supportable. I wish you nothing but bad things in your future. Not like bad, harmful things, just bad, uh, transient things. Bad thing. I, I hope you catch every red light on the way to work. Uh, I hope that the ditches that you assume are cold get served warm. I hope you get warm. Eddie. Marcus Cousins. Eddie. What's the difference between him and Durant? Besides a bigger picture. Have, have, have you ever heard the song with Chance the Rapper on it where it's about some girl that broke his heart and he's just yeah. talking about how he wishes all bad things happen? That's what that just reminded baby, me of. He's like, I hope baby he blue. the with a razor yeah. blinker. <laughs> yes, the baby blue. The baby blue, blue with Action Bronson. With Action yeah. Bronson. Um, I'm so glad you know what I'm talking about. That is what you just reminded me of. <laughs> I'll bring it up. And there's some good ones. Rob, I hope Rob, you get you a got, paper cut you on your hear, tongue you hear, from a razor and a paper cut. I hope every soda <laughs> you drink already shaking up. That's a client. Yeah. Rob, you got to hear it, dude. Like, it's, it's, it's the stuff when you hear the, what he says, it's one of the funniest things it's good. ever. I'm like, man, who broke his heart? <laughs> I, uh, I can't write, write with, like, Ben's Marquis when it comes to, uh, comes to breakup songs. Sure, Biz Marquis. This, this is my favorite bar from that song with Chances. I hope you never get off on Fridays and you work at a Fridays, but always busy on Fridays. That's, that's <laughs> right. <what I> mean. <laughs> right. Working at Fridays. If working at Fridays is bad enough. Speaking of Fridays, we're only two Fridays away. Yes, we are. From Trey Cam, man. Yeah, we yeah. are. Uh, we made it. Time to this, this is. This has been one of the fastest dead zones of my life. I'm not gonna, my, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna life. agree with you, dog. This seemed to go really fast. Yeah. Well, you what have World it? Cup. We're filling some of that, right? We have World Cup filling some of that. You had a pretty good NBA Maybe. final. <laughs> Our you season ended later. Our season ended later than usual. Yeah. Yeah. You had a great. Yeah, I guess that helped. I mean, every first two months of the of the off season, they were they were adding a, a all pro player. I mean, so yeah. they they had a pretty interesting draft. Uh, yeah. Plus, the fact that you have hope, whereas in the past ten years we had zero hope, right? It's like ah, oh, maybe that's it. That's again. Now you got hope, and it's like all right, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, maybe, it's been maybe. it's been a it's been a pleasure to not have football to cover as compared to maybe prior years. Maybe quality carries the clock, and maybe you're right. I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things where, uh, as, we, as we head into, and this was kind of the name of the, the episode, was the training camp preview, preview, preview. We're not ready to preview training camp, and we're not really to preview the training camp preview itself. So we're here previewing the preview of our training camp preview, and I don't really know what goes in there, because right now we're, so we're still in front of things. The training camp preview is really going to be about this is a good team that – that has to be good because the number one storyline is expectations and how they're going to live up to them. That's what the training camp preview is. The preview of the training camp preview. You want to know preview, what the preview of the preview is? Well, I, what I, is I, the preview of the preview? 
it's the 2018 Los Angeles Rams roster preview. Uh, when you're writing up and having to post stories about Johnny sure. Munt, you're posting things about Chucky Clemens. <laughs> I'm posting things Chucky on Facebook Clemens. about uh, Fred Brown, Odd Man Out. I mean, that's the preview of the preview of the preview. We're 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 putting stuff out there uh, for guys who have a long shot at best. That's the preview because we haven't had good- to meet yet. The great thing is doing a podcast in the middle of July means that anybody who's listening to this probably knows who Lucubiante Gonzalez is. They probably do. If we did this in a month, people would be like, who the fuck is this? But doing it right now, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Lucubiante oh, yeah. Gonzalez, he's eighth on the depth chart. Of course, I know this. Come on, man. That's, that's the preview, preview, preview. I'll tell you what the preview, preview, preview is. Uh, I'm sitting here with, uh, with, with uh, flight plans on the books to head down for the first training camp on Thursday, the 26th. Exactly. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're going to work because uh, Mrs. works for Alaska airlines right now. And uh, she might not be working there when that happens. And if that happens, my, my free flight plans go away. So, uh, you know, for her sake, I'm hoping they blow up in, her, in my face and I can't go, but if they don't, the little golden parachute, if I get to fly down to uh, the first day of camp. We're going to have some fun times down there. We got quite a number of Tertio Times members, staffers, fans, readers going to be in attendance after so We've already had some discussions. Yes, We're not previewing training camp yet. We're previewing the preview of our training camp preview. When you, when you stand back that far away from things, two weeks out, we know we've got a Jamon Brown suspension. We know we've got Jared Goff developing, and then obviously most of all, You've got a good team that's got a lot of name recognition for guys like Ndamukin Sue, Aaron Donald. Where are you sitting at going into this last period before we break things and what's kind of uh, on your mind as we head into what's going to go down two weeks from now? Uh, Two things, actually. Um, for me, I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen with Aaron Donald like the rest of the world. So that's the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of that is Todd Gurley. Um, Todd Gurley had a great season last year, um, played really well, really did a lot of things, um, improved his pass catching tremendously. Not that he was a terrible pass catcher before, but I think uh, if you say, oh, you know, he didn't improve it, you're lying to yourself. He improved tremendously. He <laughs> ran some routes. He ran some actual routes. Yeah. Like, he was, he was killing it, you know. And so my question now is, where do you go from here? Um, I think that's a question a lot of people are asking with Jared Goff. That's been the common thing with Jared Goff. Oh, can he take another step forward? But I feel like Todd Gurley took a step forward. And my question is, now can he take another step forward? Because while he still had a – really good season, the question still remains in my mind, is he a transcendent running back? You know, is he is he one of those guys that is he a really good player that's really smart or is he just an unbelievable talent in back? You know? So I'm and I, I, I love the work he's been putting in this offseason. Uh, I've been following him closely. He's been he's been getting after it. He's been working like some of the greats work. It's been nonstop every day, not uh, no days off. So I'm wondering to see if Todd Gurley is going to take another step forward because why everyone's saying is, is Jared Goff going to take another step forward? Let's not forget the reason that one of the primary reasons that uh, Jared Goff was able to take a step forward is because Todd Gurley took a step forward, <laughs> took a lot of pressure off of him. So 
if Ty Gurley takes another step forward, I think we'll see Jared Goff take another step forward. So that that those are the two things I'm looking forward to. What you got, Rob? Well, and with Todd Gurley taking a step forward last year and Goff taking a step forward, you know, the five guys in front of those two men took a big step forward last year as well. And uh, yeah, I don't think you could downplay the fact that JB, while he's not the greatest guard on the planet, uh, they played 16 games together plus a playoff game. And now we've got the new guy who's going to be Austin Blythe. You've got Denby who's, who's going to fill in the shoes there. Uh, you're not, you're not going to have that cohesion you've had the last couple of years. So uh, you're going to, you know, what's that OL going to do? Uh, and I think everyone's, you know, Aaron Donald is, is the story, right? Is he going to show up for camp? Do we even know? I, I should probably you know, find this out. If he doesn't show up for camp, does that affect his uh, his uh, year of service, or does he just have to show no. up for September? He's got a little bit. He's got a little bit in between camp. You have you have to show up one month before. Okay, so, one, so he's got about two weeks. He can just chill and pitch something like that. Out, yeah, right? I think okay. the date that we're looking at is August seventh, if I remember. But that's going to be the same for Cleo Mack. I mean, it's almost everyone right. kind of waiting in this waiting game. Who's going to sign first? Because the other guy's going to sign right behind him for a dollar more, or whatever it is. Kind of, we, we kind of, the, the feeling around the league is that they're both waiting for the first guy to sign so that they could sign for the, the dollar higher, be the highest player, or whatever. One, they shouldn't fall right after each other. But they're both in the same camp. Two elite players in the same situation, holding out, waiting for the contract, and neither side is getting the money. Um, but you know that window is shrinking. It's shrinking when the guy gets this, this work done. Uh, we might be two weeks two weeks away from camp, so that the real date is for Aaron Donald is about a month out, right? If he's got two weeks after camp, he's got to get there. So something's going to come. And then when do they have to make the de- uh, decision on getting uh, Lamarcus Joyner and that tag done before he plays on the tag this year? Oh, that's not happening. Right? That's another one. <laughs> that's uh, not you got, happening. Like you said, Curly later this month. They have about another week, I think, for franchise tags. But week? that's not that's not happening. <laughs> uh, and then you've got you know you've got uh, Cooks. Are they going to extend him? Are they going to let him let him walk next year? I mean, these are all they got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire in that Tony Pastor's office that after, they got to start thinking about. After spending the money they spent this off season, um, bringing in uh, Sue and then picking up the $10-plus that was owed to the key to leave and losing money on Tavon Austin, I don't think they're going to do anything with anyone else unless it's Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is the Donald. only one that could – yeah, I think at this Get point, I think season. he's the only one that could expect anything to happen with. If they were to make any moves with anyone's contracts, I don't think it's going to be any of those guys. I think those guys are all going to have to wait till after the season. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is going to play on that franchise tag. Uh, Brandon Cook's going to play out his rookie year contract. All those guys are going to, you know, play on what they have. I don't think that there's going to be any chance in hell. Because if you were to do that, you know, to go to Aaron Donald and say, hey, we think if we suit part, part of you up with Sue, that would be great. And he's like, okay, cool, do it. They went to him first. Like, let's acknowledge that. They went to him like, what do you think? Are you okay with us giving him this contract? Like, if you watch the Rams um, behind the grind episode – he he admits that yeah. like yeah, yeah. Coach, Coach McVay called me and was like yeah what do you think about this and I, he was like hell yeah do it you know right. they went to him so the, the it, they have to because in this particular situation where he's waiting for his money and you know he has to get paid he is arguably the best player in the NFL for sure the best defender in the NFL um, if you're not if you're not going to uh, 
pay him right now, you can't just go out willy-nilly spending money because then he's going to be like, oh, that's how it is, <laughs> you know. So I, uh, because of the money they spent this offseason, I don't think there's a chance in hell anyone gets a contract extension unless it's Aaron Donald. Could you not, not do to a package deal, Donald and Joyner, to lower Joyner's cap value if you get him up that con- up that franchise cap to help get well, the Donald deal done? Well, because if you, if you do Joyner and you get him off that franchise value and you, you know, you spread that bonus out, you lower his, uh, his, his per year dollar amount, that frees up more money to get Donald done this year, something like that. But, you're, but you're, assuming, you're assuming that it will be cheaper to, uh, to, pay, to pay Joyner now. Who's to say that paying Joyner wouldn't be $12 million? Yeah, no, that's true. But that's, that's the thing is if you, can, if you can lower his cap value by getting, you know, getting him signed and spread the bonus out and lower that first year, so that you get Donald done this year as well, because next year they have all kinds of money, and the year after, so it's this year well, to get, get him really. done. Well, they do. They don't really they have as much. I don't think they, they have as much for those big guys. I don't think they have as much money as people think, because everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, the Rams are going to have over a hundred million dollars." But as we were just saying, look at all the people they have. They're going to have to. Oh, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. But I'm thinking, like, if you want to get Donald while, done now, it's right so now, tight on the it, cap. It says right now. Yeah, it says right now. Oh, yeah, they're going to have over a hundred million dollars. But you can almost guarantee seventy of that is gone off top. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> because you're, you're, you're going to gonna have to take care. You're going to have to take care of Gurley. You got but Brockers Donald's, coming up. Donald's going to eat twenty five, twenty twenty five himself. He's going to take a third of that. Hurt. So no, no, I don't totally get that. But I'm just thinking. I was just thinking of thinking, thinking yeah, lower. If they can lower someone's value for this year, that gets the helps get the deal done for Donald. Maybe that's something they can play with. And Joyner is the only one I can think of that they can actually do that too, because he's on a franchise. If you can lower his, you know, cap value for this year and help get the Donald deal done, then you give Joyner more next year. I don't know, but that's above my. A couple rate. of deals, they a couple of deals they could either, you know, uh, adjust to signing bonuses so they could prorate it or re-sign some guys, things like that to adjust the cap. Uh, you could you could holler at Andrew Whitworth. You can uh, turn. Some of his money this year to a sign yeah. bonus to prorate that. That'll drop it. That'll drop his. Um, Rockers is another one you can Rockers. you can re-sign uh, Roger Sappho to an extension. That'll drop yeah. that'll drop your cap. So there's different ways to go about it, um, and they, there's definitely possibilities to uh, get get some more money up under you for this year to try to make this Aaron Donald thing work. Um, another another player that I think they could possibly look at. Is uh, Mark Barron? I mean, Mark Barron is a cap casualty after this season. You know, yeah, there's no guarantee that he'll be back. You know, but uh, if you if they're looking to talk extension um, or restructure or anything like that with him, and he's willing to listen, Mark Barron's a huge, huge, huge dollar. So, so that would that would go a long way. So, they, I would say they probably have about four or five different guys they could approach that would really help. But you, could you see them doing stuff like that, where they you know, extend, do something with another guy to free oh, yeah. some money for Donald this year, so they get we've him? We've seen them do it before. Yeah. Well, you know, those guys are we, gone. Right? We've seen this front office do it before, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the preview, 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 preview. Is that some other guys could you know get a restructure in the as part of a package deal to get Donald done? The one thing I'd say that I find the right. Consistently amusing is that, I, and you can probably just pin it to the idea that the salary cap has grown so much. I, pull, I pulled up the the numbers. The salary cap has grown so much in the last fifteen years that people 
consistently undervalue the market as fans. The business side, clearly, teams understand the dynamics of this and know that they have to pay guys much more than they had to pay them three years ago, six years ago. In 2003, the NFL salary cap was at $75 million. That was 15 years ago. Just $8 million, or excuse me, seven years ago in 2011, it was at $120 million. Three years ago, when Ndamukong Sue signed that deal in 2015, it was at 143. It's already up to 177 million dollars. And so one and of the things go, that you see, it'll go, go ahead, Rob. It'll go. Yeah, it's going to go. It's, it's going to go up every year remaining until we hit the new Absolutely. CBA because of the way it's structured. And so every time, every year, you say there's no way Sammy Watkins is going to get that much because look at what happened before. And then Sammy Watkins goes and lands his deal. There's no way Trumaine Johnson would get that much because look what happened two years ago in the market for this superstar quarterback. And the market just isn't working like that. Teams are willing to continually match the space that a growing salary cap is affording them. And so the one, the one thing I wonder with respect to when we talk about LaMarcus Joyner and the idea, Myson, that he might command what the franchise tag is already paying them, when we talk about Aaron Donald, I wonder if we're undervaluing – how much he might get. Like I've seen people talk about 22, 24, 25. I wonder if maybe we're still undervaluing it. If, 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 if Aaron Donald hit free agency, if he could get $30 million a year, I, I don't know that it, it's, it's wild, but if you look at the way that the market has grown for somebody of his talent and his age, I don't know that it's crazy. Uh, no. What did the 49ers give, give Jimmy uh, Gina Garoppolo? Old, gar- old garbage popper. Let me pull up uh, what he got. He he played six games. Why you're pulling he's it up? The why player why you're pulling it up? I will say this. I think Jimmy Garoppolo got 26 or 27 million a year or something like that average. But uh, why you're why you're pulling it up? I'll say this. I don't think it's crazy, but I don't think it's going to happen. Here's why. The NFL tackle. as a whole. As a whole, well, it's not just that he's a D tackle. As a whole, the NFL has been together on not paying anyone more than a quarterback. Non quarterback. Can't name right. one time. Non quarterbacks. Yeah. You can't name one time a player has a. Uh, what do you say? Non quarterbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't name one time a player has equaled the value of a t- of the top four quarterbacks being paid. Now you've seen guys get up to that twenty million dollar mark. You know, in Von Miller, um, where. $20 million a year, I'm saying, in Von Miller, where they're getting paid like a quarterback. But at the same time, when they hit that $20 million threshold, it was like, okay, it's okay to allow them to make 20 now because now the top four or five quarterbacks are all making 25. You know, so it was right after the Russell Wilson deal where Russell Wilson cashes out. And then after that, you just started seeing quarterbacks cash out left and right. And when they all started cashing out, then you saw Von Miller get paid. You know, and that's kind of how it works. Yeah. You know, the next highest paid player – will always reach whatever the quarterbacks was just making. Because if you just go back three years ago, $20 million was the thing for the for quarterbacks. That's what right, they were right. going to get, $20 million. Everyone else was $17 million. You look at Sue, you look at all those guys, they were all getting 17 You look at J.J. Watt, I think he had signed for like 18 5 a year or something Ooh. like that. Like everyone was just below. The second the quarterback moved to that next tier – and they jumped up to $23, $25 million, then you saw the NFL allow those other guys to get it. That's why I would say the only reason – that's the only reason I would say that uh, Aaron Donald probably won't get $30 million. But if he did, it wouldn't shock because 
he's earned it. <laughs> he, what, he deserves it. I mean, he's earned it. What, bad did, man. what did Albert Hainsworth sign for back in the day? Hundred million, but was that was that above a was that QB money back then? I'm but it was over the course of like it was it was a hundred million over the course seven of like years. seven or eight. Years. Yeah, it's a long, but yeah, but so but he was he's like the only guy I could think of from back a few years ago that received you know for then big, yeah. big money. The I mean, Garoppolo you got to think one's about it. Quarterbacks be, uh, are getting paid for a long time. I mean, Michael Vick was the first quarterback to ever get a hundred, yeah. I think, hundred thirty million dollars or hundred twenty million dollars. He did that in two thousand and what six? <laughs> you know, that he, he, he was the first. And then after that, they it took what almost another eight years for eight or nine years for another player to hit that high of a total value of the contract. You know, so you're, you're talking about – All you need about, to know about um, quarterbacks making money in the NFL is that Sam Bradford has made over $100 million in his career. So, yeah, quarterbacks still make it and just signed still deal. getting paid. People are hey, still paid. And he got another $20 million coming this year. You know what? I'm not mad at Sam. I've been saying this for the Logan. Everyone that knows, if you ever yeah. watch – if you ever if you ever read any of my early postings on the site, if you go back to the fan section, which I recently did, by the way, there was some interesting articles in there. I bet. But, uh, if you go back to if you go back to the fan section, you go back to some of my early things. Everyone knows I was a Sam Bradford fan. Sam Bradford isn't a bad quarterback. He's just the most injury prone quarterback I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, but one thing He's not about, a good quarterback, about us, he is a really good quarterback. You know, he's mm. deadly accurate, and accuracy is something you can't teach. I don't give a damn what anyone tells you. It's either you have it or you don't. You know, not everyone can throw the ball the way that uh, Drew Brees or even Sam Bradford because he's got that type of accuracy to be in that conversation for that particular trait. But Sam Bradford is a good quarterback. And one thing that I came across when I was uh, going back looking at some of those old things I posted recently was a quote from uh, the 49ers when they're talking about Sam Bradford and they're saying, you know, the players was asked – what we you know about the Rams and their up and coming. This was 2012 when Jeff Fisher them, and they said um, one player that you have to respect that doesn't get the respect around out about the media, but gets the respect in the league is Sam Bradford. <laughs> and they said uh, if he's healthy, he's gonna play good football. And I thought that was interesting because nothing had happened, you know, at that time to make you to make people fear him like that. But he still gets that same respect to this day. Hence him. Constantly having a job. Yeah. <laughs> people, <gets> <laughs> people, players in this town didn't respect Sam Bradford because the Seahawks used to love to play Sam because they thought often we'd quit when you punched him in the mouth. Every time Rams Seahawks would come up, I had to listen to that garbage all week long about all you got to do is hit Sam in the mouth and he's going to go down like a camera in the chair. Uh, but, but anyways, that's, uh, that's, maybe that's just Seattle because we're assholes. The fans and the media, but the players. No, those were players. Him. Those were players up here saying, "Yeah, we just got hit, Sam, and and, and he's gonna he's he's not gonna answer the bell." But then again, you know, again Seahawks, you, you can't trust those guys. Yeah, you talk about the Legion of Boom. They feel that way about everybody. But yeah, Michael Bennett <laughs> loved to talk about everyone. I love you. So Michael the Bennett one thing that I really wasn't that good. I know the, the special comments. The one, the one thing that I always found interesting about when I remember when they used to talk that kind of crap about Sam Bradford was Sam Bradford never had a supporting cast. He never had an offensive line. Never. At, hey, at least with the Rams. Hey, at least with the Rams. Hey, don't you, don't you disrespect? Uh, I was like Brandon. Go ahead, Rob. Brandon put him Lloyd. On, put him on the table, Rob. <laughs> he had name him. Yeah. 
He had all the weapons. Don't don't even disrespect those boys. Jason Come on. Smith. Uh, oh God. Who, Mike who was Walker? Jacob uh, Bale. <laughs> Steve Smith. No, 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 not that Steve Smith. The other one. The other one. The other yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the other one. Oh my goodness! They had the who's who of garbage out there. I, I find that to be true a lot of times in the sports when you when you hear about these guys that are like, oh, if you just rough them up or give them a you know punch them in the mouth, that kind of a saying, they give up. Well, a lot of guys do because they're the only ones that can carry water for the team. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, today is not the day. Like I'm I'm willing to put my team on my back. But only a couple times. Not not every single. No, I can't do that. I looked up the the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. It was twenty seven five a year. My son was right. What's interesting is that it's in, it's very 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 easy to get out of after two years. It's five years. Yeah. Uh, one twenty one thirty seven five. Uh, just under fifty million guaranteed. So it's only about a third of it is guaranteed. Just less than mm-hmm. a third of it's guaranteed. But. After 2019, so he signed 2018 huge cap hit, 2019 huge cap hit, and dead cap. After that, it's less than five million dollars for 2020, and less than five million combined for 21 and 22. So the, the 49ers could get out of it pretty quickly if he just plays horribly the next two years. But that's an interesting deal. The other one you got to look at, obviously, is Kirk Cousins up there in Minnesota, where he got all of it guaranteed. Quarterbacks yeah. just got it differently, and Myson, I mean, he, he's already put his thumb on the button. The non-quarterbacks work in a different market than the quarterbacks do. I do wonder if that's some of the pressure that Aaron Donald is having to deal with, the same way Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell are dealing with some contract pressure where running backs around the league are looking at them and saying, yo, you guys are the only ones that can pull this market up for the rest of them. Uh, And and the agents for those guys as well saying, the only way we're going to make more money collectively as agents and as running backs is if these two guys really pull the market up because they're the only ones that can do it right now. Aaron Donald and Khalil yeah. Mack, to a degree, are in a position to do that for the non-quarterbacks. I wonder if that creates some pressure and some friction. Too, did you uh, did you players or agents for the team? Did you see Willie McGinnis? Uh, Willie McGinnis talking to uh, Todd Gurley about a week yeah. or so, and he mentioned yep. his contract. And Todd was chill. He's like, "Yeah, you know, it'll take care of yourself, whatever." They they but they talked about CBA coming up. They got the players are very aware of that's coming down, and so do players want to get their deal before that? Before the uh, CBA, are they right. they, they right. feel strong enough that they're going to get more of the and have to be cool waiting to 2020 because after that's done, you know they they know that they're going to get more. Look at uh, Russell Coombe talking, and he he was had that popular tweet about you know three months ago about you know the percentage of the players getting and how they're risking their bodies and the owners aren't and you know that's going to be ugly. And I, I wonder how many players want to get signed now as opposed to how many players want that 2020 contract. Uh, we'll see. It's hard to turn down life-changing money no matter when you get it, especially with injury rates. Uh, but that 2020 line is an interesting one to me. Well, uh, Todd Gurley also said to TMZ that That's what players I should consider yeah. going on strike <laughs> to, yeah. get, to make sure that they're getting guaranteed contracts. So contracts. Todd totally Gurley is about getting paid. And he even said that – he even said when uh, they asked him on NFL Network a few months ago uh, about uh, Le'Veon Bell – he said, hey, pay the man, make sure you get his money, you know, like I'm next. <laughs> you know? yep. So yeah. the, while Ty Gurley is going to say the right thing for uh, Rams.com and stuff, and <laughs> I think that when it comes to if you if you ask him straight up, he's going to tell you straight up. I, and that's one thing I admire about Ty Gurley. He don't really sugarcoat too much of anything. He tells you what he thinks. Yeah. He, doesn't really, he doesn't really hold it back. 
Todd Gurley expects Le'Veon Bell to get paid because he knows he's next. And, and yeah. after that, I think I think the running back market will be reset. If Le'Veon doesn't pull it off, I think Todd Gurley will pull it off because the Rams front office is stupid <laughs> enough to mess it up for the rest. I, I think he don't deserve it, but they're stupid enough to mess it up for the rest yeah, of the yeah. league. <laughs> yeah. gonna, this team is going to pay two guys, Jared Goff and Todd and if they don't Maybe. pay the other guys, they don't pay the other guys. But they're, they're dumb enough. Oh, Jared Goff is going to get thirty million guys. a year. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can you can guarantee that you he gets thirty happening. million a year. Yes, yeah, sir. That's all that's you have to be is a starter level quarterback to get paid. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So if Jared Goff could just be starter level, <laughs> you know, I think he was slightly above that last year. So Sean he got two more years to get paid. I think I think he's going to get thirty million. <laughs> Manion's going to get an extension for like 12. You watch. Something stupid like that. Manion's about to cash out. Manion's about to go get that uh, Mike Glennon money. <laughs> He's about to yeah. get 15 million a year better. Uh, and then never play a snap. <laughs> Eric Dickerson's going to change his allegiance. You watch. His boys and go get well, here's, that money here's, from the here's something to kick. Here's something to kick you in the nuts to show you how cutthroat the NFL is. Uh, the report came out today that uh, this is a make-or-break year for Cam Newton and that he could very well be playing for a different team after this oh. year. Now, remind you, Cam Newton just got that fat contract two, three years ago. I uh, think this, yeah, this was his third season playing under that $123 million contract, I think it was. And uh, after this year, there's only two years left on the contract because it was for six years, I believe. And so after this year, there's only two years left on the contract, which means that it's easy to get out of. Uh, because there's nothing but roster bonuses that's due in March. So he, they could actually drop him and lose like $100,000. So they're saying that this is a make-or-break year for him after two down years, dealing with some injuries, things like that. Now, this is a guy who was just in the Super Bowl, just the MVP, just all this stuff two years ago. So, I mean, that's why yeah. the players are so big on these guaranteed contracts, because so quick they'll turn on you. Jameis might be available. Yeah, Jameis is another I don't, I don't think Jameis is going anywhere. He's loved by that coaching staff. Oh, if that coaching staff is still there. Yeah, the coaching staff might be going too. Yeah. <laughs> They're not winning. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about the NFL. It, it changes on a dime. You never know. Uh, as long as, as long as you can eat them W's. The, the them one w- thing you have to – when we go back to the running backs, the thing that I find interesting about Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley it, compared to some other positions, especially when we talk about Aaron Donald and the fact that he's playing on the same team as Dominican Sue is, so the window for running backs is shorter, right? You you can't wait. It's really hard. It's it, it's just too hard to extend that career. So you know, if you're Todd Gurley, this might be his only glow up. Yeah. This might be his, this might be his only shot at a real major contract. On top of which, the market for running backs is just incredibly fucked up right now. And there's a, there's no way to get around it. That the ceiling's really low. The rookie deals are way too high. LaShawn McCoy, or excuse me, Saquon Barkley is the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL in terms of dollars per year. There's a, the, the, there's, the running back market just isn't in equilibrium with the way the teams it, it, it want it and the way the teams are willing to pay it. I would say this. I didn't know this until I looked at it, and it's just, I don't know the word for it. It makes me a little nauseous. You know who the fifth highest paid running back is? In terms of average dollars per year, I'll give you a hint. He just signed a new contract in free agency. Devontae Freeman? No, he was number one before, no, uh, before Freeman. Bell with the tape. 
Devontae Freeman was tops. He's got the number one actual contract. Yeah, he, yeah he just got moved up, actually. Yeah, I just thought about that. Yeah, that fifth in the league, man, is Jared Ooh, McKinnon with the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. That's just weird. Well, it's just I weird. mean, it makes sense, though. Does it? It makes sense I mean, because it, they... It makes sense no, if no, you're like, man, shit's fucked up. If, if you, if you start there... It makes sense because they had a shit ton of money, right? And they just was giving the shit away, i.e., giving twenty seven and a half million a year to an unproven commodity. <laughs> I don't give a damn what you say. <laughs> Anyone else in the league you talk to, I'm talking front offices, they're going to tell you six games is not enough. They don't want to pay Aaron Donald after four years. <laughs> now all of a sudden, six games is enough. No, that was a team. Desperate to turn their franchise around with a lot of money. So when you have that much money, you're desperate to turn your franchise around. You're looking for some of the better talent. Jerry McKinnon was one of the better, ta- one of the better talents at the running back position on the market this year. They just doled out the cash to him. It's that simple. So yeah, it makes sense. It's not. It doesn't make sense from a sense pr- pr- perspective. From a <laughs> from sense, comedy. it doesn't make sense from but a it, sense but perspective. It sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. <laughs> why it happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's always going to be teams like that, but as you, as Mazen mentioned earlier, the Rams don't make the mistake in, in paying Tiger by, you know, overpaying for running back because that window is so short at 30 years old. Most of the time, those guys are done and you can get someone like Kareem Hunt in the third round and they're not, the Chiefs aren't the only one to find, you know, a gem in the third round, right? Sure. Not, it, finding a, a serviceable running back is a lot easier than finding other impact positions. It just is. And the the Rams know this. They, they they signed Lance Dunbar last year. They drafted John Kelly. As much as they like Todd Gurley, they understand how the market works. Just for reference, so everybody knows, Todd Gurley right now is 21st in the NFL among running backs, average per year on his contract. So it's just a market that's out of whack, and it's really weird, uh, you know, as we get through this and when we talk about guys like Aaron Donald, part, part of what we talk about with the idea that the Rams could be able to afford Dominican too and afford to tag uh, LaMarcus Jordan, and afford to do some of the things they did this offseason is because they have Aaron Donald and Jared Goff on the rookie contract. Those yep. guys, when they sign their free agency contract, are probably going to jump 20, 25-ish, somewhere a big amount of money per year. Todd Gurley's not going to get that big of a jump. He's going to get a jump, but it won't be that big, and it's just because the running back market is completely different. Um, what else? Before, before we get out of this, I did see the NFL supplemental draft was today. We talked about that a little bit on the site. Uh, Sam Beal, the cornerback yep. out of Western Michigan, went in the third round. So the New York Giants essentially just sacrificed the 2019. Yeah, uh, it could be. It that, could be. The, yeah. that, that reminded me so much of Josh Gordon's uh, right. supplemental right. draft. It reminded me a lot of that because Josh Gordon, if you remember, was a hot commodity. You know, yeah. uh, that was a very, very hot commodity when he came out. Um, and everyone said, man, you know, had he been eligible for the following year's draft, that, you know, he probably would have been a top 15 pick and so on and so forth because he was this freak of nature with size and just couldn't be caught and was just killing guys from deep routes, full of potential, all this stuff. And sure enough, he uh, went in the second round of supplemental draft and he paid off, uh, you know, as much as he can pay off when he's on the field. Uh, well, and yeah, last I mean, year, for example, last year when he came back, 
He was averaging 65 yards a game, I believe, so he was on pace for over 1,000 yards had he played a full 16-game season after not playing for two seasons, you know, so uh, and playing with just terrible quarterback situations. And that should tell you how good the guy is. And that's kind of how I looked at this Sam Bill supplemental draft. Uh, he was someone that I was really interested to see where he was going to go. They were, you know, a lot of people were saying that he was a possible top five pick for next year, had he been year, right? I didn't have right. I didn't have him ranked that high, but he was definitely top fifteen for me. Uh, I think he's one of the was one of the better cornerbacks in college football last year, and I only expected him to get better this upcoming year. So I think this could be this could be a steal. The the, the Giants uh, they they might have uh, just got away with murder with this one, for <laughs> getting him in the third. Uh, I, I thought for sure he someone would snatch him in the second, similar to Josh Gordon, but getting him getting him in the third, it's a uh, It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to how that goes. Uh, what do you think about the uh, supplementary draft, Joe? Well, what was interesting about the Beal pick was, specifically because he goes to the Giants, people forget. We can get into this in subsequent weeks. I think the the biggest two stories across the NFL this year, number one, is going to be, are, are we done with the fucking Patriots yet? Right? That's number one. Because the AFC is so thin. <sighs> if we're not done with them, it's one of those things where once we get to the playoffs, depending on the run. Let me answer that. Go ahead. The answer is no, and I know. The answer is no. Everybody knows Hell it's no, but it's no. <laughs> but the answer Hell is also no. Okay, continue. But it's, <laughs> then it, it, it is, but then it's dot, dot, dot. But please, Sue, please, please, let's just end this, let the AFC can be again. Right? The other no. side, and, and obviously the more interesting narrative is NFC being completely back. You've got so many teams and so many storylines that it's hard to really muddle through them and get a good picture of what things are going to look like in December. And the Giants might be one of those teams. Two years ago, this was a team that won 11 games. They were second in points allowed. They were 10 games allowed. They were the best defenses in the NFL. And so they bring Beal in for a secondary that has Janoris Jenkins, that has Eli Apple, so you don't necessarily have to start Beal week one. You've got Landon Collins. You've got Alec Ogletree in front of them. You've got uh, tons of talent on that defensive line. This could be one of the better de- – as long as you stay healthy. This could be one of the better defenses in the NFL. It's really, really interesting where it gets more interesting than what they have before. What do you think? Uh, what do you, what, were, you, were you following the supplemental draft, uh, Rob? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't follow the regular draft. I damn sure wasn't following no supplemental draft. Uh, the most I followed the supplemental draft uh, was that I posted uh, Tevin's article on Facebook today and referenced Isaiah Battle because the Rams made a su- supplemental pick in the 2015. Uh, but again, supplemental picks, there's a reason why those guys are in the supplemental draft, right? There's a flag, there's an issue. Yep. And so then you weigh risk-reward. Risk was a fifth-round pick for a guy who had second-round grade worth it? Uh, even though it didn't work out, I still say it was worth it. You got to take a shot on those things uh, when it, when it's something like that, and you have obviously an OL. That's the year the Rams drafted four OL plus Isaiah Battles of five. Um, so you never know if you can take a shot on a guy and he works out. Great, uh, you know Josh Gordon, like you mentioned, Josh Gordon the second. If uh, he doesn't have the off the field problems, that's the greatest pick of all time because he's that good. How it works out that you know there was an issue he had. They took him in the second. When he's on the field, he's great. He just hadn't, hadn't been on the field for two years. So it, it, there's a reason why. So uh, was I following the supplemental draft? No, not really. But uh, but I do I do appreciate those guys out there, and I hope 
both of these. There's two picks, right? There's just two. I hope they. Uh, I yeah, hope they do well. Three. Three. Because the, the Jets got one as well. Yeah, the Jets. Oh, that's got right. One. Right. 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 So I do hope that uh, you know all these guys are able to overcome the, their issues and, and have great careers. I just follow uh, that. So no, I'm out. I was I was thinking more about when you were talking about the Patriots and, and thinking about Tom Brady's gonna be 41 this year and how long is that man gonna want to continue playing football? I think that Tom Brady has another two years in him if he wants. Oh. But if you watch his documentary Tom versus Time, uh, for the first time for the first time in my life, uh, Tom Brady is really more so starting to lean towards family than football. Good. As, as, the, as they well, yeah, that is good. But as they say, you know, once once you lose a little bit of that drive, when you're the best, not everybody's like this. Some guys can just keep playing for the money or chasing championships, but he has everything. You lose a little bit of that drive, as you hear all the greats say, that's when they usually hang it up. And if that does happen, if a, if a little more of his interest goes to being dad and the husband. I think Tom Brady's going to hang it up, but I do think that he has another two years at the top of his game just because his game is so different from what you see average players. It's not based off of athleticism. He's just better than you. <laughs> you know, so that, that's yeah. why I say that if he wants to continue playing, I think he could, but we'll see. Think about that. Tom Brady, 41, still playing at all-pro level. And how old is Adrian yeah. Peterson? 32? 30, 31, 32, 33? He'll be 34 this year, I think. He's done. So there's eight years difference in the guy, and you know he's he's not the but player. Again, he's, he's not playing at that level. Tom back, Brady is based, not based off of his physical ability, and no, that's no, no. what makes him so different from everyone else. So yeah, but this I mean you got guys you have quarterbacks playing much longer, uh, maybe not 41. Yeah, you got guys you know that position doesn't demand what running backs do, and so you no. know, get back to it. Those RBs got to get paid while they can. It's a it's a true catch twenty two. You know you have the. The league who's like, oh, you know, you, you, we can't get out of your body what we can get out of this player's body. So we don't want, we don't yeah. want to give you money. And then in the, the, the response, you know, the rebuttal is exactly why we need more money. <laughs> our <laughs> bodies are taking more damage, you know. Yeah. And if, if, you, if, you, if you have the slightest bit of a heart or a brain even, you have to kind of side with the player because it's like, yeah, we're going through more. We deserve more, <laughs> not the least, you know. And right now running backs are – being paid the least. You look at the highest paid running back compared to the other highest paid positions without including yeah. specialties. Ram, the, the Rams, not the running Rams, but the running backs, they're by far the lowest paid. And the running backs are arguably the most imp- important player outside of the quarterback on the field. <laughs> you know, the, the, there's only two positions that completely, in the blink of an eye, can change the, the, the game. It doesn't depend on the ball being in the air or something like that, and that's the quarterback and the running back. In the blink of an eye, I can completely Let's change bring that the perspective of the game. Get up another week because I want to challenge that, my sense. I want to go toe-to-toe on um, What up? But what, what we did have is uh, the best story of the day, the best story of the, the, best story of the season. There's a potential of the NFL. Yes, there is. Know him very well. Rams fans know this man. They'll definitely uh, tune in to watch hot takes on about uh, the the offense he's running because of the players he gave him. Jeff Fisher being courted by sports to do uh, NFL football games on Sunday. What do you think, Myson? What do you think? <laughs> For Jeff Fisher, <laughs> yeah, you got Jeff, Joe Buck. 
Tony Romo, you got the three guys in the booth. Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Have you seen that? Jeff Fisher is being quarterback. No, Fox I just Force. don't care. <laughs> Jeff, you know, the thing about Jeff I'm is still, I'm he's still a little bitter. He's ridiculous. It, he's ridiculous. But, but I don't. Here's the thing. Jeff I think Fisher, he would be good. Jeff Fisher to me, how can I be nice about this? Don't be nice. Fuck it, I'm never nice. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm never nice. So Jeff Fisher to me, I don't think Jeff Fisher was a great motivator. I don't think Jeff Fisher was a great anything during his coaching tenure. I think Jeff Fisher, the only thing that I would say he was great at is being a friend. Jeff Fisher Jim had McGinnis was, some great friends yeah. and some great position to help extend his career, and I think that's what it all comes down to with Jeff Fisher. For that reason – I don't really see Jeff Fisher coming in and bringing something to the booth or that you can't get anywhere else. Like Tony Romo, he brought a dynamic to the booth we've never seen before. He brought the mentality of a true all-pro quarterback. It wasn't like Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, I don't give a damn what you say. Troy Aikman was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't you know, all-time great good. And I think Tony Romo was an all-time great. But Tony Romo, I mean, he does have one of the highest QB ratings of all time. And, he has a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks, and you really saw why he has those stats when he got in the booth. Tony Romo called out everyone's play. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. I, mean, I loved it. If Tony Romo was a linebacker, he would piss your quarterback off because he would literally <laughs> – he'd be Luke Keekley. He'd be Luke Keekley. The way Luke Keekley calls out plays, that's what Tony Romo was doing. And it wasn't even fair. He knew every single play, every snap, he, and it was money. And it was, he even – a couple of times, I saw him time – when the ball would be snapped. How the hell do you know when the ball is going to be snapped? <laughs> you know, like if Luke, or if, if, if uh, Tony Romo was a defender, he'd be a freaking all-pro. So that was a different dynamic we hadn't seen before, you know. And then you bring you bring up legends like uh, – uh, uh, or I don't even get into legends yet. You just look at John Gruden. John Gruden brought a personality to the booth that we hadn't seen before. Then you talk about John Madden with all the – the onomatopoeia, all the sounds he'd make and stuff like that. Things that well, have guys who bring – yeah, I know. You, did, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> you, you have guys who bring certain things to the booth that you've never seen before, and then you have guys that don't really do that. And I think Jeff Fisher no. is one of those guys that don't. So I don't really I see think, him bring, bringing some type of spark you haven't seen before. I I think Jeff Fisher would be the greatest bullshit artist, color guy that the NFL has ever seen. He's gonna, I think he's Jeff Fisher is going to be boring. He's going to go out there and he's going to talk about, uh, you know, the couple of players he still knows in the league and guys, coaches he worked with and stories like that. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I think Jeff Fisher would be better in the studio, honestly. I can't see him doing color. I mean, let him talk, let him talk for, you know, JB and Jimmy and those guys for about 30 seconds and then, then move off. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him doing games, but I can see him doing something, you know, a studio job. I think he'll be pretty boring. I don't think he's going to add anything, any spice to it. Well, there we go. I don't see any. Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher brings no spice. Uh, we disagree on spice. He's, he's in Montana with his puppy, shopping at the local uh, Piggly Wiggly. If he brings spice, it'll be old spice. Eh? 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 Old school. There we go. No? Okay. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. That's a, uh, another edition of Turf Show Radio. In the book. I guess it, dep- we are. I guess it depends it. on if you guys can we hear got, me. We, we got another in the book. <laughs> Another week in the books. Uh, next week will be one week away from training camp, which everyone gets excited for for all of three days. And it's like, oh, where's the season? So, <laughs> but uh, we 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 are that much closer. Two weeks away, folks, to training.
training camp. Make sure that we are staying tuned. Make sure y'all following the roster previews too. We got a lot of roster previews that we've been pumping out lately, and a lot more that are coming that are ready. And we're getting up to that list, so we're starting to get to the players that I know everyone's been waiting for. So those are the guys that's going to be coming up pretty soon here. Uh, so make sure you're following the site. Site at Turf Show Time. Follow that guy, uh, Joe. He's all right sometimes at 3K underscore myself, Mighty or Mison, and Rob. Rob, what is your handle? I feel like that handle's changed. Nah, it hasn't changed. At Rams underscore NFL on Twitter. There you go. The man himself. That's my boy, Rob. Robo Bobby Bobby Brown. <laughs> well, that's all I we did. got this week. We'll holler at you next time, and we out. That's it. Technology is the mosquito of invention. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.